Hello, welcome back everyone. I'm Alex. I'm Ian. You are listening to the Win Lose Watch List podcast, the show where we have curated a list of the top 250 movies, bottom 250 movies, and anything in between to choose a random movie each episode, leaving me and my co-host Ian sanities to fate. Ian? Yeah. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. So far, fate has allowed my sanity to be relatively okay in this show. You know, I've, I've bared through. I've pushed through the <laughs> It's Pats and the Loquitias. Yeah, actually, so speaking of just sanity in general, um, I had a thought recently because we've been kind of quarantining and going through all the COVID stuff. And since episode three, since we recorded episode three, we've been in quarantine. Yeah. And I remember in those episodes specifically, we were saying like, oh, well, if this is still going on by now, here we are. Yeah. Yeah. By the time this episode releases and now we've had like 10 episodes since then. <laughs> Cuz I was like back when we were like kind of canning a couple episodes. So oh. yeah, we're we're full in to and be, now. We just do not care about and quarantine anymore. <laughs> so, to 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 add a little surprise to everybody, we have a guest with us today. Uh guest, would you mind introducing yourself? Hey, what's up? I'm Jake. Uh Longtime friend of Alex through college, roommates and everything. Met Ian through him a few years ago too, and became fast friends. And uh, I don't know. I'm here on a trip from across the country and uh, excited to talk about the movie. Yeah. So a, a funny story, actually. Uh, would you mind actually going into how you first met Ian and I? Because I think that's a pretty funny story. So I met Alex through Drumline, uh, and we became friends. You know, the normal way. Uh, one day after we were living together, I walked downstairs and Alex was sitting on the living room floor with this person I've never met and there was just paint supplies scattered everywhere. <laughs> and I was like, said, Hey, and he, Ian just looked up at me and said, Hey, we're painting birds. <laughs> and I don't think I've become friends with anybody nearly as fast in my life. And I sat down and painted an owl and, <laughs> yeah. uh, here we are today. Which I feel like is kind of cheating. In the bird universe, owls are too cool. <laughs> yeah, bird, owls are definitely too cool of and birds. And he did, he, he, his, his painting was way too high quality compared to ours. So that impressed me initially. It was a good first impression. I was like, this guy can paint some owls. And that's pretty impressive. I, I liked watching your expressions throughout that, Ian, because I could see you think, when did I actually meet Jake? And then he started going into it. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> No, that's such an incredible way to actually like meet someone who's just it, saying like let's just let's just paint some things. It's been incredibly accurate for just every time we've hung out since then too. Yeah. The, There's always some it's not like crazy wacky, but it's definitely something you wouldn't expect. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh because the movie that we watched this week speaking was of Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Yeah. Yeah, speaking yeah. of painting. I figured, why not just have a podcast full of three straight cis dudes? Yeah, <laughs> who paint. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who painted once before. We are the most qualified people to talk about this movie. After we were done painting all those, we also set them on fire. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I guess before we hop into it, have, have you been watching anything new, different, interesting um, since we've last talked? No, I, I, did, I started up Twin Peaks again, but... Uh, since hey, you didn't, you yeah. finally me, but like from the beginning and it's like it's something i'm on that like episode three <laughs> three oh three is great <laughs> i forgot that the first episode the is like a whole movie <laughs> it's like super long it's the like movie length 
I recently started up the first time as well, and I definitely get where you're coming from. I'm just about to get into the long stretch of season two, and I got a bunker down for it. Yeah, I've also bullied Jake into watching it as well. <laughs> Bully everyone into watching it. Yeah, he does. It's how, great. Is, how long is season two? How many episodes are these? It's like 22 ones? episodes. It's gnarly, <sighs> and you, all an hour. and I mean, the back half of the season, you can kind of just keep it on while you're doing something else. Like if you're editing something, you can throw it on like up until like the last few episodes, but. Yeah, the back half of season two. It's like you got to say, like, Twin Peaks is great, comma, but because the last, that second half of season two, it gets a little rough. Yeah. Uh, As for myself, I watched Portrait of a Lady on Fire three days ago or two days ago, maybe. And since then, I've watched all of the same director, Celine Sciamma's movies. I've watched Portrait of a Lady on Fire, Water Lilies, uh, Tomboy, and Girlhood. How do they compare? Three of which I watched in the same day. They're all pretty good. Like, they could all be a director's best movie, but from the director that made this movie, yeah. it's like it's like I just kept wanting Portrait of a yeah. on Fire. <laughs> yeah. Are they? Do they have similar like themes? Some directors like are do. A lot yeah. That's so. There's all sort of like a level of like an underlying layer of LGBT type stuff, but it's never the driving force of the narrative. Like. Well, I guess it's not that it's not the driving force, but like them coming to terms with their sexuality isn't the driving force of the narrative. It's yeah. just that that is just the part of the movie. They're all the, the other three are sort of like coming of age stories. Yeah. Yeah. And then like this one has like a massive like most of the cast is female. There's like two guys, I think, in this movie. Is that, yeah. is that reoccurring? Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure none of them that you see on screen even have a name. Yeah, I don't think so. They are all sort of female-led movies, I guess with the exclusion of Tomboy, but like sort of the point of Tomboy is to address like things such as uh, gender identification, sort right. of like It's Pat. <laughs> it's just, uh, sort of like It's, yeah, it's, if It's Pat was on the win list. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did actually have that thought throughout it. <laughs> I was like, this is, this is It's Pat if it gave a shit about gender identification. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool, so though. maybe it's probably going to be best to hop into it. Uh, we'll kind of go do a, our regular non-spoiler talk regarding the movie. Yeah, you had seen this before. Uh, yeah, have you have, have, have you seen it before, Jake? No, uh, this was the first time. I've only heard about it a little bit, so I went into it like mostly blind to what I was going to be experiencing. Yeah, so did I. Pretty much, I hadn't heard about it. Uh, I went into it knowing that. I, I knew that I, it was like a lesbian love story of some type um, and that it was it's sort of the selling point of it. Like it's hard to yeah like read anything about it, knowing that, that it's not like that it's going to be a, le- a lesbian love story. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's bad. but I, so, I watched it. You had seen it before, Alex. I hadn't, but I watched it twice since <laughs> like having it assigned <laughs> as this movie. I've uh, seen it twice. It is. Which has only been like within a week. I think yeah, yeah. you watched it like maybe six days ago, well, and then you said you watched it a couple days ago, right? Yeah, I watched it the first time. I watched it with my girlfriend, and then the second time I watched it like alone. Nuts. Yeah. <laughs> it seems like a consistent theme for this movie because some of the people we watched it with uh, were also watching it for like the second or third time. Yeah, it was. It's personally my third time this year watching it. Uh, I've been saying that since quarantine happened, it was the last movie I saw in theaters, and I stand by that that was an incredible theater experience. I, I mostly uh, re- partially rewatched it because uh, <laughs> about like right towards the end of the movie, I don't want to get 
I don't want to yeah, spoil you, anything. But it was some if, of like if you the, know, you know. Yeah, some of the 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 most graphic this movie gets uh, is exactly when her my girlfriend's younger brother came into the room and sat and watched oh. the rest of the movie with us. <laughs> Not that much younger. He's like a senior in high school, but it was still just like just a weird like I feel like it, it changed the mood a little bit. Yeah, I can uh, see that. And like took me out of it a little bit, so I wanted to rewatch it. Uh, fresh i i think i think outside of the occasional titty yeah. uh this really could have been rated pg-13 yeah yeah it wasn't mm-hmm. it, it basically that the there there's there's one scene that makes me question and... that but I, I i think it's like it's a it's a pretty family-friendly movie like as far as like yeah if your family's if you're okay with age, uh... you can see it. <laughs> yeah it depends on the family yeah, yeah, I guess the family. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but no, all around an incredible movie. I've all I, I've actually sort of considered because I like to arbitrarily rank things, uh, saying that Portrait of a Lady on Fire is my favorite movie of twenty twenty, or twenty nineteen rather. I'm sorry. Yeah, I remember that being a really good. I don't know. Parasite is probably yeah. number one for me. But yeah, that's it's it was very very good. I'm glad I finally got to see it. So I, I guess it's really hard to go into this movie without hitting spoilers but if somebody wants to dip out of the conversation here uh any parting words either from you jake or you ian um i would just say if you're even interested enough to be listening to this podcast about this movie right now just go watch it if you haven't yeah. it is beautiful and like everyone can get something from yeah it. it's one of the most like fascinating to watch portrayals of love because of how wordless it is and just like it's meticulous and shows how much like uh love how much love is about like the attention and stuff and it's just like it's universal uh feelings and told through not only a different time but i mean if you're not a lesbian like it, it doesn't that's just like the face that it uses to tell a story that is universal and uh i think everyone should watch it yeah, it's 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 interesting how it manages to be a universal love story without being like only for gay people. Yeah, whilst and still like that anybody can relate to it, I think is very interesting. Yeah, anyone can relate to it, yet it still has like that element of it it being like girl. It's it's about females, like and and mm-hmm. women, and like uh, some of the, a lot of the things that are like amazing about them and like so how it's that too as well but it's doesn't it, it's universal yeah i think uh to speak for we're not for but with jake who's sitting here with me that uh i had watched call me by your name with jake before and i remember like that your your feeling after was just like yeah it was a pretty good movie like it didn't hit yeah. you the same way this did, so I was very worried that I was like, man, I love this movie, and I just don't know if it's going to hit the same with Jake, just because I think they are sort of like brother-sister pieces. Like, Yeah, they're very similar, But uh, and I've had this discussion with you a few mm-hmm. times where coming-of-age stories don't uh, necessarily hit me as harder as they do some people, and Call Me By Your Name is much more of a coming-of-age story for the main characters, and this Anna, has some different tones throughout mm. it. I haven't seen Call Me By Your Name. Uh, it's pretty but... good. I've wanted to. <laughs> but uh yeah, let's let's hop into spoilers now. Go watch this on Hulu. It's there if you yeah. got a subscription or just whole ass by the criterion. Uh yeah. yeah. Like I did. <laughs> I I, yeah, but, I I watch it on Hulu, but yeah, it's definitely it's worth a buy as well. 
Yeah, so, so dive right in. So the, into full spoilers now, and just to hop into it, uh, the one thing I was talking about earlier when I was saying that this could have been rated R, or like rated PG thirteen. I think the one thing that would set it to like an actual R rating in my mind because I think the MPAA is a load of garbage. Um, I think the one scene that would set that apart is the abortion scene, which I also think is an incredibly powerful scene within yeah. the movie. I completely agree. Yeah. That it's it like I've I've said before, like having that scene is um like there's no it's not there for like a dramatic reason. It's just there because they want to help the housemate out. Yeah, you know? and it's real, and it, it it does so many things. It shows the like the reality of the situation, and 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 confronts you with that and it and it shows their like companionship with each other and and, like the way that they help each other out Uh, yeah i think i enjoyed uh the character of the servant a lot i think sophie was her name yeah yeah um because adding her into like especially the period of time where it was just the three of them at the house uh made all of the characters feel a lot more real and like uh to contrast the intensity of the abortion scene and how serious that was, like the playing cards mm-hmm. and scenes like that where they were around the fire just made them feel like much more fleshed out characters yeah. where if you only kept it to the two love interests, you kind of lose a little bit of that depth. Yeah, no, yeah. I agree. You definitely need, uh, like, especially when it's something like a type of forbidden love, uh, so much of that entails the fact that there are other people around and they're opinions and you like they are like there's tension because they have to resist around other people as well as themselves Mm -hmm. and and speaking to what you were talking about that there's those scenes of intermittent just chilling out with each other that uh, i was watching interviews with celine skiyama from the criterion she was saying like she was trying to find one last scene to put in like of them just hanging out because like she couldn't like figure out a connecting piece and the one that she came up with was like one for them to have and she said this quote unquote a netflix and chill scene which is where they're reading <laughs> that book of the myth of eurydice i believe is the name Wait, so that was like added in later that wasn't initially that was a it? last second like hail mary throw and, oh wow like, it was just one of those things and i'm sure you had these ideas before creatively where it's like it, it's that piece that just clicks everything together where you're like yeah. oh this is how i tie my ending in like she had said like she had that like the first scene that came to her was the final scene of the movie. So like, that was like her compass and like her, her last scene she came up with was effectively like a scene of them just hanging out that ties the entire movie together. Yeah. That seems like so important. And that's, that's awesome. Yeah. I'd love those type of, uh, like creative light bulbs that you're like, Oh, this is like, it helps in this way, but also it ties everything together. And that's awesome. Interesting. And it doesn't like, so knowing that, like, it doesn't affect how you enjoy the movie as it is. It's, like, one of those cool things, like, where it's just like, oh, man, that's pretty baller of her to do that. Like, right. Yeah. I mean, it fits so seamlessly. Like, you would have no idea if you were told to pick one scene that was uh, thrown in last second. Like, Yeah, the one that is the entire, like, foreshadowing of the rest of the movie <laughs> would not be my thought. Yeah. Um. And, and speaking more towards that, something interesting I noticed this on this watch specifically is that sort of any piece of outside art. So like being that Vivaldi's four seasons piece or the, the myth of Eurydice and whatnot, mm-hmm. they're used as some form of like foreshadowing. Yeah. For like what's to come. Yeah. It definitely plays into the actual story you're witnessing. And it's, it's incredible. Like 
in in the movie itself there's only three i think there's three times you hear songs like and the last time that you hear it is that full orchestra piece of the vivaldi's four seasons and i just want to melt down whenever i hear that (laughs) it's so good and it's like yeah oh that sounds a lot better than when she played it on that piano (laughs) (laughs) i i did really enjoy when she was playing on piano that like she just started messing up it's like like oh man i can't remember it because it's yeah that humanizes them even more where it's like that's what i'm like if i try playing a song i haven't touched in years like yeah for a chick you're kind of into especially (laughs) and painting and and it helps like the (laughs) fact that she couldn't fully communicate what the sound what it sounds like from that one instrument and that like it, it makes the payoff when you do get to hear the full orchestra playing it so much better yeah so when I when I watch this in theaters, I'm going to keep talking about it because it was a freaking anom- uh, phenomenal uh, theater experience that uh, when that song's playing, since there's no real music the entire movie, like you hear that and it's just like so booming and immersive and like just resounding, echoing through the theater. And then it ends and there's no music. And there was like, I'll say like 30 people in the audience and just nobody knew what to do. Like you heard like a little, like, like just a little clap. Like no one knew what to like, how to react to that because it's just so gut wrenching. Yeah. But I, I can't blame them, especially like just watching it in a living room. I didn't know what to do with myself like 24 hours later. <laughs> and her, that actress's performance is like incredible. Both Not of their performances. Shot. Yeah. Both of their performances are incredible. And it's like, I, I don't, I'm not convinced they're not actually deeply in love. Like, I don't know how you can act like that. And I'm also, how does every, this movie makes me wonder, like, how does every painter slash subject not fall in love with each other? Because of, like, just, like, it is, like. You're just staring at each other intimately. It it really matters that that is the lens that it's told through. Like, it's such a perfect way, uh, like, different perfect roles for them to have to, like, show the like subtlety of like just attention and the looks that they give each other. Yeah. I think um, that was one of the running motifs that I enjoyed a lot throughout the movie and think kind of pushed the characters and their experiences, like the two perspectives of the painter and the painted and like the observer and the observed from the very first scene uh, that Marianne and Eloise were together, like, she was constantly glancing like back and forth and it's like in a way a power struggle that they had uh where they were trying to understand the other without giving themselves away through the entire movie up until uh they finally came together and Which, it just makes us that much more rewarding right like mm-hmm. as soon as they yeah. kiss you're just like you just want to jump up and, and also run in circles like yeah <laughs> like the fact that they do have like that that tension is communicated just through their looks makes it like even more impactful when it goes when like and heartbreaking when she says like when she finds out that she was trying just trying to paint her the whole time and she's like so that's what those looks were and like that's like mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's and it's so and it works also because it's forcing you the viewer to like analyze every single micro expression so like you totally get it because you're like oh i remember in that one scene where eloise like barely smirked into a smile like yeah, you remember that because you remember every little detail of every and, expression. And the characters were also analyzing the expressions just as much. Exactly. Like, yeah. In the scene where they finally bring up like, 
oh, I know you're embarrassed when you bite your lip and things like that. Like I love uh, I love that scene, I, like where she thinks that she's just like examining her perfectly, and then she like tells her to come over to where she's sitting and like that where like her perspective of also analyzing everything she's doing. This movie just so perfectly shows the wordless way that love is communicated a lot of the time mm-hmm. and how it's way more than just like uh, personality and how you talk to each other. And, and, and something interesting, like I like to talk about director's intent, but not as a way that it means like, oh, this movie is good because the director meant this or it's bad because they meant this. I think it's a good way to get an insight in to see if it worked or not. And part of what Celine Scamma said that her goal was, is that she wanted to make a love story where the power dynamic isn't there, where if you tell a a man and woman love story, there's often an implied power dynamic, even if it's not actually there in the movie, there's an implied sense of domination. Right. But there's like, she put it. See, that's interesting because I thought the painter and the painted relationship at first implies that, power dynamic Mm -hmm. where the painter determines you must sit this way tilt your head that way and then once they had the scene where she was called over and they called each other out uh that dynamic switches and becomes much more equal where eloise for the painting of the abortion reenactment Mm -hmm. uh tells her like no you need to see this now your power is to observe it so you must observe it yeah and then that even comes full circle when they like kind of they finish the painting together and it's like, and they, it's, it breaks the boundary. And that's also just generally what, like, I think love can do is like, it, it dissolves the boundary between like you and someone else. Like it's uh, uh, like melding into one, like it's just, I don't know. It, it's just a, such an excellent way to show that those kind of dynamics, uh, especially mm-hmm. when you're falling into love. Yeah, love should lift both up equally rather than one right. looming over the other. Which is why it makes the last 15 of the mo- minutes of the movie feel absolutely miserable. <laughs> because you're able to, they build this relationship together. And as like, when you hear that the mother's coming back, like it's like right after they have a fight and they, they just immediately forgive each other. because They're like, this is stupid. We only have one more night together. You feel that and then you all like you watching them in the bed together that night where they don't want to fall asleep like you understand where it's going and why and you also feel that just pressure and and sadness that's going to come yeah see i thought the fight was pretty interesting because you know you've seen a movie you know the love interests like almost always fight at some point Mm -hmm. uh and at first when i was watching it's like oh of course there's the fight and then it got resolved so quickly and i realized like if i was in their situation I would be like acting pretty erratic emotionally just from the like height of the emotions and the stressfulness of knowing that's coming to an end. And the fact that they were able to resolve it so quickly was refreshing where it was just like an apology. And then they, they understood each other immediately. Yeah. Yeah. There was, I feel like weirdly for me, I I definitely felt it partially, but I wasn't as, like gutted by this film is like you like especially you guys talk about like it wasn't I didn't feel as much of the heartbreak because maybe it's just like part of the mindset I was in and just like being mm-hmm. just like it was more I was just happy that the love was there and less like I wasn't as 
uh, like anxious about the fact that they weren't going to be together or I think they'd be split up. I, was, I think that's more in line with your outset or outlook of life as well. So I that does make sense. Yeah, it was like I was just like it, it, I was happy that it was there at all and wasn't as conf- like stressed out mm-hmm. about it going away or anything because and I guess it's I don't know. I, I guess for me it's the idea that they have this deep love for each other and that you're watching it and that you like just the idea of it ending and the closure of it like being cut off too soon for yeah. both of them I don't know, it just feels so real and like there's a level of i've felt similar feelings to that before you know like that you kind of like imprint yeah. yourself onto it as well that you get that and just the storytelling structure of saying that she saw her one more time and then it's actually just a painting of her knowing yeah. that she still cared about her and then you're like oh that's heartbreaking but you know what i'll be fine and then she's like i saw her a second time too and yeah. then it's it ends the way it does and i'm just like yeah this is this is so I mean, much that, right that, now yeah i mean it definitely happened like especially like that uh f- when she says turn around when she's walking out the door and sees her and then it just mirrors like the her in the dress fading away into the darkness like she's seen premonitions of uh, that and stuff it, it, it definitely yeah, hit me. But, uh, <laughs> it definitely hit me, but I feel like up to like about that point, I was just so captivated and just watching like their uh, like dynamic and like the subtle like ways they were communicating and stuff and their like love that and stuff. Like game, the that, game of chess of like I, flirting. Yeah, in a way. I just wasn't as caught up in the like. I, I pretty much forgot that she was like gonna get married until it was brought up again. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That- I think that's one of the beautiful parts of this movie too is that like all of that tension and emotional buildup is done so subtly like uh, they just set up the chess pieces like and you don't even realize it's happening and then uh the final move gets put into place and it all ends like in a snap and that's when it hits you yeah that's when half of them turn to dust what do you think (laughs) (laughs) What, what do you think i do feel like something that this movie i mean it just it's not that it was like it's not a flaw because it didn't have it it just wasn't trying to tell that story but like it also could have been a story that involved that showed more of the complexity like the love was only that simple and straightforward because you she didn't want to be in the marriage but like i feel like mm-hmm. it could have added like another dynamic if it wasn't just like i don't want to be with this person at all uh, like i'm not really like the the male like the husband isn't a factor really outside of like she has to do it but it it Mm kind of loses some of the complexity that happens in real situations where like it's it's conflicting feelings where you kind of also want like sometimes you can love like both people but i realize that's just not the story that this was telling yeah Mm -hmm. it's it's I, I would I would I guess I would agree with you if it was like a story told from the 2010s perspective, right. but it's from like a period piece, per- right? Where perspective, it where was it's like, that's what they had to be. Yeah, and it was about the equal footing and the equality that they were all at, and uh... and well, and it has the Shakespearean nature of it, right? Like the star-crossed lovers idea that you yeah. know that they're falling in love and they're not going to end up together. Yeah, no, I I, I like it and stuff. I was just thinking it's an interest. It's mm-hmm. like just acknowledging that that's a part of it that it didn't show but i i'm not asking it to either yeah i think something you said before where uh the husband really isn't a factor for most of the movie and you kind of forgot about it yeah i found it interesting that there really wasn't an antagonist to the movie itself like there was no one character that was like the bad guy that 
you can like be upset with but yeah the only thing antagonizing them was time and yep. the lack of it that they had yeah which uh pretty in theme uh two episodes for us back to back yeah yeah a lot of just <laughs> oh, like man. bigger uh issues uh and existential and problems that have to do with non-literal and in-your-face villains or like conflicts just the natural okay, but, conflicts but how, good, how, how money would it have been if thanos popped up in this movie? <laughs> <laughs> like you see her husband in the final scene and he's thanos just sitting there in the theater <laughs> like come on tell me that wouldn't be cash money yeah that would be pretty good that'd be pretty good <laughs> <laughs> it would get put in the criterion collection twice <laughs> and that woman Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> one of them gets snapped away. I wouldn't. I don't know which one. Um. So I, I think, I don't think I have much more to say about this, but I do want to hop into something because we've talked so many great things about how good this movie is all around and just the such. Uh, I want to introduce a new segment for when we talk about good movies called "Bad Takes on Good Movies." <laughs> so while I was going through uh, looking at this this different stuff on this movie. Uh, I always am just a glutton for pain and like to sometimes sort by the lowest reviews on Letterboxd. So uh, this is some of them. The first one being, this is not art. No sophisticated thought went into this. The acting was subpar at best. The camera wandered and the writing was melodramatic. I could have made this film with my eyes closed. I have experienced shooting on a red epic and Dolly and Jib. I have tried writing many painting narratives I have directed a handful of movies that had better direction than this. What All right, show me them. Let's watch, let's <laughs> yeah. let's add his movies to the lose list, <laughs> please. <can> we... <laughs> I like the the acting was subpar at best. What movie did you watch? I know. I don't. <laughs> it's there. It's the restraint is, is why that like they're in their acting that was so good. Like. It's crazy. <laughs> That's, that sounds like somebody who's like favorite movie ever is Star Wars Attack of the Clones. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't talk about um, sand enough. <laughs> speaking of, here's another bad review. Uh, so this entire review is in a language that I cannot read, but here's why I know that it's a garbage take. The first three words are, The Last Jedi. Now, <laughs> where is that comparable? All right. Let's try to this figure is the this last Jedi out. of gay romance movies. <laughs> that's probably that's probably about what it said. <laughs> yeah, I I couldn't even tell you what what language this is in, but I just know it's a bad take for any movie starting off or or any review for this movie starting off with the Last Jedi is just doomed from the start. Yeah, I mean, I can recognize that this movie. I mean, it, it's not for everyone. If you don't like a sort of like slower burn uh like slower paced like film and you just want to you have to be in the right mindset i'm sure like if you mm -hmm. just want like if you're at, at like a party with people if you have like a, gr a group of friends over and you want to like watch something fun i don't know if this is necessarily it it's not one that you it's <laughs> not one the that, boys getting together I, to watch portrait of a lady on like fire. i don't like <laughs> Like mystery science theater couldn't do great commentary over this. <laughs> yeah, uh, not not no, just because absolutely. it's not bad, but just like it's it's not for everyone. But uh, if you there's, wanna... well, there's like a, a, a subset of movies that I like, I like to call and many people like to call dad movies, which is like every Scorsese movie, pretty much. You know, mm -hmm. like 
just your general kind of dude bro movies. I'm like, this isn't a, this is not one of those. Yeah. Yeah. No. There's balance in all things. This is the other yeah. side of the spectrum. <laughs> Maybe throw on Mike a... and Dave need wedding dates instead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Here's another one. Half star. Gay. <laughs> oh, yeah. This I mean, at least this one isn't wrong. <laughs> I, yeah. At least he's like being honest. He's like, that's why I don't like it. <laughs> it's a helpful review because if you don't like if you're like, oh, it's gay, I don't want that. <laughs> then it's, it's helpful. Which is why it's an objectively wrong take. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, here is the last one that I have. Not The Last Jedi. Oh, wait, no, sorry. This is the second to last one. Half Star. I almost fell asleep dur- during the movie several times. I feel I felt like the two main characters had no chemistry between them whatsoever, and there were moments where I wondered if it was turning into a horror film. The only relief was the maid, honestly. Also, the ending was incredibly unsatisfying, and not in the sense that they didn't end up together, but just it didn't make me feel good. Wouldn't recommend to anyone, and definitely wouldn't watch again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you want like a feel-good movie, I don't know if this is it. <laughs> <laughs> also what kind of take is i felt like the two main characters had no chemistry yeah i don't know what movie were you watching <laughs> oh man almost a horror movie i really like that <laughs> i'm just what was the ghost is it just because there I were ima- sense of her and the ghost yeah. yeah yeah like i'm imagining somebody just screaming as soon as she appears <laughs> <laughs> right, and here's here's the last one this is this is the cream of the crop of bad reviews. Uh, half star. Man, I'm just pissed they don't do the individual syrup cups anymore. Now there's syrup all over my eggs. They're bad enough as as they are now the syrup makes them they're bad enough as they are now the syrup makes them even worse. Not only that, but now there's egg crumbles in my syrup. I'm gonna go dip my French toast in the syrup and get disgusting eggs all over it, and there's nothing I can do about it. So he thought it was a Yelp review for Waffle House. <laughs> I guess. Oh, no. With the mention of French toast, maybe there's some sort of code for him actually reviewing oh, yeah. the movie. In there. This is, this is we, actually... need, we need to dig deeper, guys. This is required reading for after the movie. <laughs> so, yeah, that's uh, that's all that I found. Absolutely horrendous takes. Uh, those were just the fun ones. Most of them were just like, this is boring. I don't get why people like this. Overrated. Like... Yeah. Hey, what were the armpit drugs? I want some of that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like your eyes, and they were all. They were, she had no blue at left in her eyes, and it was just like this up. Cl- that's part of the weirdness of like that was the scene that he walked in on. Is like first she was nude, and then it was just it cut to an up close shot of her yep. armpit, and then just like <laughs> that's what was yeah, happening. That scene, rem- that scene reminded me. No matter what age like century it is whoever you're with whenever your buddy does drugs and their eyes go wide there's nothing else you can say except man look at your eyes (laughs) (laughs) but i guess i'm assuming just i I just i never i've never seen that like i guess through the sweat glands it's a way to do it but i've never seen that before (laughs) it's a very sensual way to do it it is yeah but i just really love the way that it should they like dance around each other and uh it it just shows how like out of control you are when you're just like captivated by someone like that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well and the the last thing i kind of have to say is with the the drug scene slash sex scene i think that's the most inventive sex scene i've ever seen because you never see them have sex and I, i've always sort of stood by like 
unless it's absolutely necessary because like all rules all filmmaking rules can be broken effectively but there's really it's never really necessary to show a sex scene yeah you yeah know? that's true and I'm, I mean I'm glad it wasn't blue is the warmest color which I've like yeah. <laughs> I, I've heard like because mostly because this was directed by a woman uh mm -hmm. it wasn't that case because I'm pretty sure that movie was like directed by some pervy guy and he made them feel uncomfortable and yeah yeah. But th this is this is one of those cases where like we just need more film uh, women fo uh, directors. Like, mm -hmm. it's an incredible movie made by an incredible person, and you should absolutely watch it. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think the the pros of a sex scene is that it shows their like chemistry and, and like the sensuality that appears in a relationship. But you can mm -hmm. that still is completely communicated without having to be graphic with it. Yeah, uh, I, I think one yeah. of I, I think the the only exception I can think of in my mind, like of sex scenes that I've seen, I'm like, okay, that could have just been fast forwarded. There's no need. Um, in the Shape of Water, where you mm. have the what the heck is that guy's name? Not Michael Douglas. Uh, what the guy from Take Shelter? You say that's uh, what you're saying. That's a good. I think that's a good sex it. scene yeah. because he's absolutely just like being a total ass in that sex scene to the to the woman, like belittling her and like legitimately beating her. And it shows you, like, oh, this guy's a real piece of garbage. Yeah, yeah. it's actual character development, not just there for the graphic nature. Another one of my favorites is a uh, uh, Blade Runner twenty forty four, uh, like where she's like a hologram inside of. Uh... Yeah, that's that's a good and for every good one, there's five hundred made by uh, some sleazebag director. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but unsimulated um, unless you guys have anything else to say i'm totally fine hopping on to figure out what we're going to be watching next episode yeah no yeah, i, think uh, that sounds good I to really me. enjoyed this movie uh nothing off the table five out of five for me it's probably the top of my 2020 list or 2019 list now but probably the next time i see parasite of the lighthouse that'll change <laughs> yeah yeah definitely 10 out of 10 for me as well uh and thank you guys for letting me join in, uh, in on this discussion. Hey, no worries. You want to hang around to figure out what uh, the next episode will be? Yeah, sure. I'll share in your pain. Sweet. <laughs> Don't say pain. Don't do that. Don't, don't <laughs> no, put I'm that juju on us. I'm calling to lose. Here we go. <laughs> All right. Well, if you're joining us now from the non-spoiler discussion, welcome back. You missed not only a great movie, but a great discussion where we kind of like ragged on some normies for some bad reviews. <laughs> Ian, can you please fill the blank void of space while I do stuff I should have done before the show? Yes. Uh, if any of you guys want to go ahead and follow us, uh, you can follow us oh, on Twitter yeah. at WinLoseWatch. Uh, if you go there, we have the pinned tweet, which has the list of the movies which we are cycling through or randomizing. Uh, if you leave us any reviews on wherever you get podcasts, but... I believe iTunes, I don't think Spotify has a review section yet. Hopefully they should get on them to do yeah. that. Uh, but e email <laughs> Spotify at Spotify.Spotify. At Spotify.Spotify. Spotify. Uh, <laughs> leave a review on iTunes. It would definitely help us out, and we will read your review on the show. If you want to leave one for a movie where you, you know that we're going to watch like the following week, we will check the reviews and we'll read or you can just review. drop your letterbox account and we'll, we'll keep an drop, eye on what yeah, you're saying there you go. We, drop your letterbox account yeah I there we go i forgot how we do that uh that's how you <laughs> but yeah follow us on the twitter <laughs> yeah, yeah i'm typically the one chilling you're doing great tweet us to let you know that uh 
you you're out there <laughs> um look look for our shop link in the description at some point for our eat the hot dog don't be one shirts uh they may never be up but when they are boy make sure you get your hands on them oh check the check red bubble <clears throat> check red bubble <laughs> all right well ian do you have anything else no, I think I'm about ready to find out what's going on. I don't think we we filled up our empty spaces last week, or last episode, rather, with uh, movies. So I don't think we have anything to tend to on the list. Uh, Jake, what are you hoping for? I know, I know you know I the list in and out. You might know the list in and out better than Ian does, and he's the co-host of the show. <laughs> Um, the best part of the show is whenever it lands on Ian's choice and I say, Ian, pick a couple movies to like put on this like Twitter poll. And it's just, I could feel him sweating. (laughs) (laughs) There was a one movie you mentioned you wanted me to actually review with you whenever it comes up, Uh which is definitely a lose is the Dragon Ball evolution. Yeah. I was just looking at that. So yeah, I think that would definitely be something fun to suffer. I saw that in theaters by myself. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't you say you walked out of it? I don't, I don't remember. I, I think I could be wrong. But the reason I said to Jake that that would be a great one for him is that he knows all the Dragon Ball Z nonsense that I don't know. I've never watched that show in my life. Uh, but I'm absolutely fascinated by its lore. And every time Jake tells me something new, I'm just like, that can happen. <laughs> yeah, I watched I watched Dragon Ball Z like a long time ago, but I don't don't know the details very well. Oh, it's ridiculous and all over the place. <laughs> it's like there's half suns, double suns. Well, and especially they're now, they're all Goku. They're still adding stuff, and Oops, I'm like, all Goku. What's that cat guy? <laughs> Who's that cat king? I like him. <laughs> Beerus. Yeah, he's good. <laughs> I played Dragon Ball Fighter Z, so I'm sort of hip with the kids on this stuff. Oh yeah. That's... Uh, there's, it, I played that, and I was just, I kept going to Jake. I was like, What's this character? What's this character do? Because <laughs> like half of them are Goku. And they just look like Goku. <laughs> it's Goku's all the way down. <laughs> Goku's all the way. You can make a team, a, a team of three of just Goku's. Just brawly. I don't get it. <laughs> Alrighty, so, you know what, Jake? Can you give me a drum roll real quick? He, with your mouth. <laughs> I mean that that works too. Oh, that that works too. We'll yeah, do both. Actually, I can hear that. I say it. Yeah, do both. <laughs> and the next movie is. Number one hundred six. <laughs> nice. Um, some like it hot. Uh, a, okay, a ni- that's a nineteen fifty nine Billy Wilder to win. Okay, I've it's never a very old movie. I've never heard of this movie. Yeah, neither have I. It's a it's an old school kind of comedy that I've only ever heard of a little bit, and that's that's it. I, I really know nothing about this movie, other than like somebody's grandmother's probably seen it. Yeah, I'll ask my grandma if she's seen it. She wants to be on the next episode. I'm just going to assume it's a Western based off of that. No, it's it not. looks like... It's like a family kind of comedy, yeah. I think. Comedy slash mystery. Okay. It's it's like one of those like TCM go-tos, you know? It's got Marilyn like the... Monroe. Oh, didn't know that. And Tony Curtis and Jack Lemmon dressed up as women. It's definitely an old school Hollywood movie. Like, that... Would you say fifty nine? Uh, yeah, nineteen fifty nine. Yeah, that it's it, it is from that old school era of Hollywood, but uh, which is a total blind spot for my knowledge. Which is partially like why I've crafted this idea for a show to, you know, watch more movies and wheelhouses I'm not necessarily comfortable in. Yeah, I knew that some uh, of these movies were going to come up. We haven't watched that many like old movies other than like Seven Seal, 
So uh, yeah, I think the Seven Seal is the oldest one we've watched, and it's like it's it's doesn't feel that way because it's incredibly modern. Yeah, and, and it's, it's not like, it's takes. not like a Hollywood comment like comedy. Yeah, uh, it's like an art house kind of movie. Yeah. So yeah, this is our first sort of like except for the Seven Seal like old school Hollywood movie. So That's definitely cool. interesting. All right, listen along. M- moving away from just things that make you feel terrible, whether it's because it's a bad movie or just horribly introspective. Yeah, I mean, I hope it's not. Uh, let's not have a whole lot of. There might be some dated comedy, but I mean, yeah, that's that's like the that's the fear, right? Of like going into anything pre like nineteen or two thousand, yeah. even sometimes. Yeah, like, you gotta know things. <laughs> In a certain sense, I feel like it's more digestible the further back you go if you realize it's a product of its time. Mm-hmm. It feels worse whenever it's more recent because you realize, like, oh, we are still in those times. Yeah, like Laquisha, yeah. I was like, this guy should know better. Laquisha's <laughs> <laughs> rough. This guy should know not to tell a woman to kill herself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not hard to... Isn't, isn't it wild that in, like two of the four different lose movies we've watched that's been a plot point yeah <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah tune in tune in the next yeah, episode tune in tune in next episode to hear us sort of bumble about how we're gonna talk about a night uh comedy from 1959 for two people that know nothing about old school hollywood yeah thank you for joining us jake yeah, yeah jake, and, hey and, uh, if you're listening out there remember eat the hot dog don't be one jake uh, yeah but do you want whatever that means do you want to say where you want? Do you want people to follow you anywhere? No, I don't. 